0: Welcome to the Box Jumper Podcast. Thanks for listening. I am your host, John St. I am a CrossFit trainer and weightlifting coach in Bedford, Nova Scotia, Canada. Or at least I was until all this self-isolation stuff got started. Like all of you, I'm navigating uncharted waters. Staying home every day for two weeks, with the exception of a couple runs to the grocery store for essentials, not going to the gym, not seeing my master's crew from the front of a filled class twice a week, it's playing with my head a little. And it occurred to me that might make for an interesting discussion for the podcast. I immediately knew who I wanted to talk to. Dr. Susie McAfee spent 10 years at the IWK Mental Health and Addictions Program in Youth Forensics, Inpatient and Community Health Services. Um, She moved into private practice with the launch of Life Center Psychology in Bedford, Nova Scotia in 2016. I first met Susie when I started CrossFit late in 2015. She was in fact the very first person with whom i completed a partner wad she kicked my ass stayed spunky while doing it and that is susie in a nutshell she's full of energy very friendly and open and as it happens very knowledgeable in psychology she holds a phd and with her knowledge and experience with her field and specialty uh, mixed with her experience and understanding of the crossfit community I felt she was kind of an ideal person for me to chat with about the psychology of responding to a crisis and how it might be the same and how it might be different for the CrossFit community out there, myself included. So that's our topic for this episode. In 10 seconds, I'll chat with psychologist and expat CrossFitter Susie McAfee about how the world copes with uncertainty and fear and how the CrossFit community can simultaneously be its own worst enemy and its own best friend in a time of crisis like the COVID-19 outbreak. All right, Dr. Susie McAfee, welcome to the Box Jumper podcast. Thank you very much for agreeing to speak with me.
1: Thanks for inviting me, John. It's nice to talk to you.
0: Um, now, we've known each other for a long time, but we'll we'll get into that in a moment. Um, for the people that are listening... Um, Let's just talk briefly about what I guess lay the foundation for what we're going to be talking about today. Um, What is your background and, and how did you get into psychology in the first place?
1: Well, I don't even know how I got into psychology in the first place. I guess I always just was interested in people. I was a very curious kid and interested in how things worked and the mind and behavior. And so I was good at school and I kept going. And ended up here somehow. I don't, don't ever really remember making a choice. It was just sort of always something I liked and was interested in. So I mm-hmm. pursued graduate degree, and I'm a clinical psychologist. And then I've been working in primarily in mental health for the last going on ten years now.
0: Right. And when when we first met, you worked uh, principally at one of the local hospitals, but you've got a private practice now. Is that right?
1: Yes, I've moved. I've transitioned out of um, the public service. I was working at a pediatric hospital for quite a while, and now I'm exclusively in private practice.
0: Wow! Well, congrats on that move.
1: Thank you. It was a good move until COVID nineteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's complicating an awful lot of lives out there, and that's absolutely. Um, uh, you know, of course, that's that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you. Um, before before we dive into uh the the crisis of the day um let, let's back up just a tiny bit and talk about how you and i know each other because uh you know obviously with the box jumper podcast i'm, I'm speaking to an audience that has a, a fairly fitness oriented mindset uh, um so you know you and i met um, through crossfit um how did you come to become part of the crossfit community
1: I found CrossFit when I needed it. I think a lot of people do find CrossFit when they need it at, at kind of transition points in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was postpartum after my second child, uh, returning to work and trying to figure out how to make all the, the pieces fit to find some kind of balance of health and, and lifestyle and work and home and family, um, which you know is it's a fairly universal struggle right now. And I, I know a lot of people, um, Sort of are drawn to CrossFit at that time because yeah. it's so motivating and it's so social and it allows you to kind of um, have a place where you can relieve all that stress, but also rely on people. And it's just, it was just a real game changer for me when I found CrossFit. I, I got back back into my pre-baby shape, but actually way beyond any shape I'd ever been in before, and that was really empowering. Um, and the social aspects were—I mean, they still are. I, I don't even crossfit anymore, but I'm having this conversation with you because of the connections I, I made then, and and that I know I could always tap into at any time. And so it's just the, the community aspects are are real, um, a positive for people in their in their lives. And so the the physical aspect, stress relief, mental health management. All of it, um, yeah, has really done a lot for me.
0: You seemed like a natural fit. I mean, when I first met you, you're you're a very social and outgoing person, which I am not. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, you you plugged in very easily within that that community, that that um, very social social minded kind of atmosphere where everybody mm-hmm. you know celebrates and chats with one another before class, after class, during class. Mm-hmm. Uh, took me a little while to get used to that that right. kind of environment because it's not how I'm wired naturally
1: right I remember that day John I remember our our, our, work, our <laughs> first workout and there's a lot just, of um
0: yeah I remember burpees. burpees being in there yeah
1: <laughs> Burpees, like hundreds of burpees over plates yeah yeah that was it was tough. a rough
0: workout yeah. I felt that for quite a while <laughs> after that
1: look at you now you've come so far
0: I was hooked no question <laughs> yep. so obviously the uh you know the, one of the challenges that absolutely everybody across the globe is facing right now is this COVID-19 crisis. And for most people, um, that means social distancing to the extreme and, and um, you know, going out as little as, as possible, um, staying in their home, staying <laughs> locked up with their families. Um, let, let's talk briefly, setting aside the, the CrossFit mindset for the moment. Um, what, what do you in, in your experience anyway, um, what is the psychological impact um, that people are experiencing right now with the way that this crisis has unfolded?
1: Hmm. Well, I think everyone is experiencing heightened stress. I think it, it's safe to say that uh, that we're all feeling quite stressed by this. One of the, the things that creates the most anxiety in, in people is uncertainty. You know mm. the anxiety of the unknown, and we're we're in into the unknown. Um, at the same time, it, it's kind of ironic because we're all stressed because we're not working right now. <laughs> Many of us, some people are. Some people on the front lines are working very hard and are in extremely right. high stress um, careers, and they were already high stress careers, and now they're they're absolutely under a different, qualitatively different type of stress a real danger actually in fact more than stress um, with exposure to virus The people on the front lines are working very hard the rest of us have been told to change the way we work or we can't work and so you know under the best of times a lot of us are are experiencing uh, elevated stress that is probably too much for any human anyway uh from work. And now we're, we're asking yeah, and, to not and work having people, and we're just as uh, stressed. Yeah.
0: And having people so, so dr- drastically change their, their day-to-day habits, particularly not knowing when this request to change your habits could possibly end. I mean, it really is a very open-ended question for mm-hmm. everyone. And I think that that makes the stress that much more difficult to bear.
1: Yeah absolutely if, if we have a, a time frame then we can work towards that we can make plans planning is extremely difficult um, and there's many pieces there's we all have roles you know so so my role as a psychologist my my role as a, a parent uh, um, those are two different roles and now both of those are happening within the confines of my home instead of the you know parenting used to be between these hours after school work, I go to this location and work there, just having multiple roles collide
0: in environments,
1: which may not even be where you would usually do those things at all. um, It's very difficult to switch between between tasks and, and roles. And so what a lot of people are being asked to do is to simultaneously live up to the expectations of roles, multiple roles at the same time. In uncertain circumstances, so um, it's difficult. Yeah, and
0: everybody's got a different blend of that too. I mean,
1: um, yeah, that's you know, right. whether
0: whether they are, you know, if they if they're able to work from home, uh, then they're trying to accomplish that while having everything else going on in their home. So, you know, for those that have uh, kids that are that are off of school, they're having to juggle that at the same time. They may have a spouse that's uh, off of work either. Um, Either they're working from home as well, or they are, or their industry has shut down. And so there are completely different stresses. Um, I guess in some respects, like in my case, I'm finding it just slightly easier to navigate because not only am I working from home, but my wife is working from home as well. Uh, And so at the very least, we're on somewhat parallel paths as far as management of stress is concerned. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, that that's somewhat helpful. I don't know that it really solves very much because we're, we're both still trapped in the house and bumping into each other every now and then. But at the same time, um, it's not as though one of us is unable to work and the other is, um, and neither one of us is in, in primary care. So we're, we're well back from the front lines, Mm -hmm. but it, it does kind of create at least a, a feeling of familiarity as to what each of us is going through because we're, we're both in that stay-at-home, work-from-home uh, kind of scenario. It's got to be a little bit different for the different mixes of family units that are out there that have completely different um, paths through this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think even, even if you had two fairly comparable families doing the same things on the surface, then we have to consider the quality of those relationships and how things are going and the, and the pre-existing stress levels because no two people are the same, no two families, no partnerships, no parent-child, really they're not the same. And so right. even even where we might want to make comparisons because as human beings, we're always comparing and evaluating and how well am I doing compared to that person or that person has it easy. I have it so much harder. This is what the human mind does. We all do this. We can't make those comparisons and we, we can't have the same expectations for ourselves and others because each situation each person is really different because you know if, if you're living with someone where you already have difficulty communicating or there's underlying emotional stress and trauma that hasn't been processed now it's probably not going to be the time that you're going to make great gains in processing that and having a more harmonious relationship True. I mean maybe it is <laughs> maybe this is what's one of the beautiful things that might come out of this maybe some people will actually be able to navigate that but we know that there are many people who are living in tense situations with their with their elderly parents with their partners with their kids and so we can't assume that that people are able to work even if they are doing a job that they can do from home, or they should, you know, we should be able to do this. This shouldn't be hard. So we can have outside people and employers or neighbors thinking, Oh, you should be able to do that. It's no problem. And we can also do that to ourselves, right? Uh, Right. Albert, Albert Ellis is a famous psychologist from New York City, or maybe psychiatrist. And he always said, don't shoot on yourselves. You know, (laughs) we're, we're shooting on ourselves all the time and masturbating, don't masturbate. Well, I must do this, you know, I must do a workout every day during quarantine. Well, Maybe, right. but you don't have to. And so I think the key for everyone in every situation is to, to remember that you're an individual and what you need and what's going to help you through it. It's not necessarily what, what the person you're living with or your neighbor or anybody else around the world is doing and, and to watch those expectations, the, the things that you think you have to do or you should do or you, you must do. Because right. really, you know, the most important thing is your health. And I could tell you all the things on a list you should do for your health. But maybe those aren't what you need right now. Only each person can actually determine what's gonna help get them through this in the healthiest way. You know, and you can right. take advice and there's opinions and there's certain you know core things that we do. We know that it's healthy to exercise. We know that we need to stay socially connected, but not in a prescriptive way. I think there's a lot of um, people telling everyone what they should and shouldn't do right now or what they have to do. and And that concerns me, actually. I think that uh, what we really need to do is connect to ourselves, stay socially connected to ourselves and take this time for reflection and to maybe for the first time have the chance to reflect on what you really need to be healthy as a person in this day Mm. and age. You know, some of the stress is not coming from everything's – different some of this stress is coming from man everything was all wrong to start with <laughs> you know I've always <laughs> wanted time with my family and now I have yeah. time with my family and I can't figure out how to get along with them yeah. that's a real problem and you know it's not a bad thing to actually take on right now to figure out well what do I want to do for work where do I want to work <clears throat> excuse me who do I want to be with who do I want who do I want to spend my time with that I can't right now what does that mean what does it mean hmm. that I'm not with this person or that I am with this person and I'd rather be with that person like these are huge questions and we when we're working nine to five or whatever shifts we tend to work we don't have a lot of time to stop and really consider how we're living so this is actually a beautiful opportunity to think about how are we living and what That's are we want out of life
0: now you, you reference the fact that there's, there's a lot of direction uh, coming from various different sources on, you know, what, what to do with yourself, what, how to cope, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's exercise every day, being really regimented, it sounds mm-hmm. like you're more advocating for a more of a toolbox approach where you have all these different potential things that you can do that are good for your wellness, but not to be um, particularly prescriptive about the use of these different uh, tools that are at your disposal. Um, so, I mean, uh, l- let's talk about some of the different things that, that people can do to cope with stress under, um, let's say typical circumstances, but how do, how do they apply under these unusual circumstances? Because I would have to imagine most of the tools are effectively the same. It's just that the, um, you know, now, now we have, uh, at least potentially a little bit more time on our hands to actually utilize them. Um, but you know, our, our, Um, the way that we view the different things that we can do to relieve stress and to, to navigate through this, maybe the lens might be a little bit different because of the, the uh, heightened stresses that we're under um, now. I mean, certainly Exercise is something that everyone is going to advocate it, uh, to do while they're in self-isolation, um, if only to get themselves up and moving around, because it's not just the psychological benefit, but you know, let's face it, we're trying to look after our health here by staying away from other people. But at the same time, we want to remain healthy generally anyway. Um, what are the different things that, that people will conventionally do to manage stress and, and look after their mental health?
1: So the things people will do that are adaptive because the things people do to manage stress aren't always the pause. So you mean the healthier ones that we do? Or? Sure. Yeah. 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 Cause truly the things we do to manage stress are, are eat and alcohol and internet. And you know, True. those are also things we do to manage stress. Right? right. So, and they work, you know, that's one of the, the things that we forget is, and that we, do the things we do because they, they actually work for us in some way. And we might not understand how that works, but uh, it, I think it's important to remember that it goes both ways, that the things we're doing that are unhealthy are reducing our stress in some way. And that's why we fall reliant on them. True. They're not
0: universally positive.
1: Yeah, no, they're not positive. Um, I mean, the most stress relieving things we can do are probably not good for us. So I think it's important to to just put that out there as well. But in terms of kind of healthy um, coping skills, routine is good. Uh, we, we do need a routine. And that's something that that I personally struggle with balancing because uh, it's difficult. I definitely acknowledge that we shouldn't be too regimented. But at the same time, um, when we're not regimented, we can end up with too much open time that we're not using the way we want to, or we're not including the things that that are important. And so it's, it, it is a bit of a balance for all of us um, to find a routine that works and right now where things are changing so much, you know, it's even more difficult. But uh, I think we all know the pieces that we want to try to get in there. This is a conversation I have all the time with people anyway, regardless of this virus of, okay, well, you know, how do I eat right and sleep right and, um, you know, take time for exercise, but I also need to stretch and I need to rest and recover and I need you know, I need to do some more high intensity exercise, but I also need to get out in nature and I need to meditate. And I, I need to read, but I don't I want to read to learn things, but I want to read for pleasure. <laughs> I, I need to, I mean, this is, this is my constant struggle personally of like, I, I never have a lack of things I want to do, it's, it's, right. but how do we put them all into some sort of Balance or way of being that that is good for us. Um, so I don't have any magic solutions, but I think um, I guess I would go with uh, talking about values. So the kind of work I do, the the type of therapy that I um, use is called acceptance and commitment therapy, and acceptance and commitment therapy is all about. Um, values living a life in service of your values what's most important to you so Mm -hmm. we know with this audience that fitness is you know a very prominent value and for other people maybe it it, it isn't as much of an important value health and fitness but for for everyone listening to this podcast I mean they're going to have to figure out how they can get some kind of exercise into each day that satisfies that need so that's you know then that becomes a key part of your routine um and then you try to see what else can fit in there so identifying what's most important and prioritizing um Mm -hmm. and and then not neglecting things that we know are foundational so sleep a a good sleep routine is is the basis of of all health and Mm -hmm. so i mean that's one i also personally have a real hard time with but i it's even more important those of us who tend to have um shifted sleep cycles and things uh, mm-hmm. it's even more important in these times to enforce some some kind of structure and routine around that so waking up at the same time and that's a huge difference when you don't go out to work out in the world right you can yeah for you sure can fall into bad habits very easily so basically if you do nothing else to start your routine off well the time you get up is the most important thing because people will play with bedtime and, and, you know, you can make some adjustments with what time you go to bed, but what actually resets your circadian rhythm is the time that you wake up in the morning. And so a key piece for people would be to really pay attention to what time you're getting out of bed. That that would be a big one. Um,
0: yeah. Sleep has definitely been one of the problems that I've had during all of this. I have I've never been a particularly good sleeper to begin with. Um, I'm a light sleeper. And so, you know, any noise in the house and I'm up like crazy. Um, but I, I have found that I've had, you know, the, the heightened sense of stress. I haven't slept soundly all the way through to the morning. I'm, I'm waking up a couple of times during the night, more than enough, more than enough that I actually remember waking up, um, which is unusual. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that it, it, I'm having a hard time getting that to settle back down. I'm still getting out of bed at the same time. Uh, I'm definitely getting out of bed later than I ever used to because I don't have to be up for a 6 a.m. CrossFit class. So uh, it's, <laughs>
1: it's, changing, nice.
0: <laughs> it's changing things a little. Um, but uh, but I have found that restful sleep, I'm finding a little bit more challenging to get now than before all of this. And hopefully mm-hmm. that will settle down as, um, I don't want to say I get comfortable with this routine because <laughs> I don't like it. But at the same time, I think as, as it becomes more part of the everyday, hopefully my sleep will settle with that.
1: Right. And that's where acceptance is really important. You know, no one likes to accept that they're having bad sleep because you feel like crap when you're having bad sleep and you're tired. Um, And yet we cannot control our sleep. That is beyond us. What we can control is our behaviors. So you, you can control setting an alarm clock or setting three alarm clocks, whatever you need to get out, of bed in the morning, you can you can make that happen. But when you lie down and you're staring at the ceiling, you can't control whether you're about to fall asleep or not. And right. and so you've got to put in this you know probably with everything in this situation, all your emphasis on the things you can control and letting go of the things that you can't control. Um, but not giving up. See, when we talk about acceptance, a lot of times people think that means that you know you're oh just accept it, get over it, doesn't matter. That's not what we mean when we say acceptance, what we really mean is um, allowing things to be the way they are, because we can't change them. If we could, we would, we're not, we're never saying don't change things, and don't Mm -hmm. work towards change. Um, But just allowing. So one thing that's um, very helpful for difficulty sleeping is not thinking about how many hours you sleep, but thinking about your sleep opportunity. How much opportunity am I giving myself to sleep? So everyone should give themselves a reasonable window of you know, eight-ish hours to sleep. Now, you might right. be someone who's up and down in the night like you are, John, that's fine. Or you might be someone that takes an hour or two to fall asleep, so you only get five or six hours of sleep. Well, don't fret so much about how many hours of sleep you're getting, because then that can perpetuate the cycles. Just focus True. on, yeah. am I consistently giving myself the opportunity to sleep? And by opportunity, it's doing things like controlling the environment. So you turn the lights down, you have a wind-down routine. You know, you're know, you not doing your uh, box jumps at 9.30 at night because then you're going to be wound up. I mean, maybe for some people that works because I'm always about flexibility and knowing yourself. But for most people, having some quiet, calm time where the lights are low closer towards bedtime is going to help them to wind down. There's also things you can do like um, – Physiologically, we know that if you take a hot bath or a hot shower, it's, when you come out, your body temperature is going to drop. And if your body temperature drops, it mimics what happens right before you fall asleep.
0: Right. Yeah. So you,
1: you know you might be able to trick your body a little bit in those ways, but again, not not with too much that force or insistence because we we don't control it. But we can set ourselves up to have good good sleep by the things we do around sleep. But right. we don't want to be caught, um, you know chastising ourselves for tossing or turning and not being being able to sleep um, but getting getting some kind of cycle that works for you is will help everything else.
0: One thing I specifically wanted to ask before we get into a conversation that's a little bit more focused on the the CrossFitter mindset is um, the you know the 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 dearth of um, negative news that that people mm-hmm. are uh, exposing themselves to, um, you know, being on, being on the news sites, being on social media and having, having, you know, 24 seven COVID information pounding them. I mean, um, Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine that that's terribly, uh, healthy or productive, um, for people to, to be absorbing that kind of information. I mean, it's one thing to be informed. It's another thing to be overwhelmed by the volume of information that's coming out and, and the, the ramifications of that information, um, to people's everyday lives. It just, to me, it just seems to pile on stress. So I've been trying to limit, um, how much exposure I have to that. Is, is that something that you think people should be mindful of?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's been consistent advice that other psychologists and health professionals have been putting out there for a while. Um, yeah, absolutely limit your consumption of news media. That is a good practice at any time as well. I actually personally turned news off uh, probably the day Trump was elected. And then I'm actually watching more news than I ever have in the last three years right now. But I'm used to not consuming it because I know it has such a negative effect on me that I I really, uh, you know, I am a global citizen. I like to be informed of what's going on in the world. But at some point in my life and my personal journey, the toll of paying attention to that, was it was it was too much and it it was taking a real um it was it was just really hard on my own mental and emotional state because I'm an empath, right? I I am empathic as a living and so I can't just turn on a news story and not care. I'm very, very bad at not caring about things.
0: Yeah, and everybody's a little bit different in that regard for sure.
1: Right. So and either way you fall on that spectrum do you want to be someone who is so insensitive that you can watch all the news in the world and it's not <laughs> going to affect you no one wants to be that guy you know right. it's kind of hard to be me on the other end and then we're all somewhere in the, in the middle so wherever you are on that spectrum of absorbing plus i also do think that people go back and forth so like many people who actually are quite sensitive and care a lot become insensitive you know i at times in my life have also been that way because you're trying to not let it in and so to be emotionally healthy whatever your baseline is or your natural tendencies news media is never going to help that even in the best of times it's extremely biased towards fear and you know it it's not a it's not really helpful to most people most of the time we we need to stay informed it's kind of like on a need to know basis you know if you need to know like yeah. i need to know what's happening for business rent deferral well i'm gonna yeah. go and i'm gonna find that out but i'm not gonna watch the same story three times a day over and over and fret now right. i do tune in more now than i would have in the past also because i i want to know what's happening around the world but i don't want to get overwhelmed with it so i will tune in to kind of feel that sense of shared humanity to, to really be like, Oh, wow, that's really, you know, that's really intense what's happening in Italy, but look what they're doing to stay connected and to bring life to the situation. So there's, there's really beautiful pieces of what's, what's happening Or I took a walk in my old neighborhood yesterday and I heard this joyful noise erupt at seven o'clock and I realized that my neighbors where I used to live were, must've been, um, adopting some of the things that people are doing around the world you know in recognition of healthcare workers and such so that's Mm -hmm. you know brought this moment of joy you know to my one walk a day which we all get to have now um so you just have to know what place you're in emotionally are you in a place where you want to feel connected even though it's hard to what's going on or you just need to turn it off and focus on getting your kitchen clean like it really it's okay, whatever you choose. I just think people need to start making more choices. And, and that's something we haven't been doing a lot. You know?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Make good make choices for yourself. Who cares what everybody else is doing? What do you need in this moment? And give yourself what you need in that moment. But most of us don't even know what that is, John, because we're so busy doing what we think we're supposed to do. True. You know, so.
0: One of the, uh, one of the interesting, I mean, complete... Well, related, but uh, not related to the podcast in any way. uh, (laughs) Everything's
1: related. (laughs) uh,
0: I don't know if you saw it, but this week, uh, John Krasinski from The Office and various different, and and Jack Ryan and all, the actor and director and writer, uh, he started um, a little project on Facebook and uh, YouTube and Instagram called Some Good News Network. Oh, nice. Um, and so he, his family is helping him produce it, and he's doing it from his living room. And it was basically just a, a news show about nothing but good news around the world. <laughs> it's kind of the antithesis of what's going on on the major mm-hmm. news networks. So, I, I thought that was kind of a, a clever uh, opportunity for for him to just kind of use use his platform to kind of change how people are, are seeing things, particularly on social media. So hopefully he winds up doing more shows like the one that he did, um, because it it really was just, you know, 15 minutes of joy and instead of doom and gloom.
1: Right. Yeah. And you know, I think energy is always being transmitted. So careful what you put out there and careful what you take in. You know, viruses can't go through our media and our technology, but our energy does. And, and, you know, and then that's, I think, how I ended up on this podcast was, you know, some of my old friends from CrossFit are like, hey, do something for us for our challenge. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember how <laughs> great that was. <laughs> and yeah. because I'm an ex-CrossFitter, I'm like, oh, I did to do an air squat An air squat's stupid. I want to do, a, like, something upside down because that's what I loved about CrossFit. It's, a, it's fun. Your handstand it's push-ups different. are still
0: better than mine.
1: Oh, they're better actually than they used to be. I'm working on fixing my broken shoulder, but <laughs> yeah. But but the point being that it was fun, right? Like I enjoyed yeah. it and I remembered I had a connection with a group of people that are like-minded. And so that energy was transmitted from from the CrossFit community yeah. to me. and And then now hopefully we're putting some more of that back out there and it goes around. And so there's social contagion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's energetic and and it goes through the airwaves and so there's such a great opportunity and I think people are seeing a lot of people are seeing it i hope I hope more people will because it is easy to get bogged down into the negativity and, and the doom and the gloom but there's a lot of beauty out there and there's there's a lot of amazing things that are happening that would never have happened without this and death is part of life it is A difficult sad often tragic part of life but it's part of life and I think in North America at this time we don't like to acknowledge that we are not used to acknowledging it we haven't had to acknowledge it in the way that we have to acknowledge it now and so I think we need to have openness about the good and the bad like it's fine to have a positive news network but we shouldn't really need to have a positive news network either Mm -hmm. you know we should have more balance all the time.
0: It would be nice. Yeah. You know? it, it does seem like the, I mean, the, the, the effort on, uh, from a lot of the news networks is to, um, you know, really set a baseline for, uh, an emotional response. And, and it's, and the heightened, the mm-hmm. higher the emotional response, the more they feel like they're drawing people in and mm-hmm. unfortunately the higher the higher responses tend to come from negative information as opposed to positive information or right. at least their perception is that that is the case yeah. it isn't necessarily um the truth but that is one of the things that they're playing off of and and it has it's it's snowballed over the years too it mm-hmm. it does seem like it's more that way than than ever and now that we've got some legitimate negative news uh, going on right now, it's just amped up even further.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's fear, John. It's fear. It's, yeah. it's this, this cult of fear that everybody has to be in fear of everything all the time. And it's, it's, it's really sad. And it has been this way for a long time. It is not just about this virus. We're seeing it now. Um, hmm. there's, there's really bad news happening in the world all the time that's never reported you know, even in Canada, there's all kinds of other social, cultural emergencies that are happening that we do not pay attention to, and we're That's all forced true. to pay attention to this. And it is different—not to minimize what's happening, but but some of the atrocities that happen in Canada and elsewhere around the world, the rest of the time are going ignored you know, and, and we should just be as just as concerned about those a, as well. And and mm. we're not. So, you know, we're living in heightened fear and sensationalism about what's going on now, because this is the issue of the day of the minute. And it has to be, it should be. I'm I'm not suggesting otherwise. I mean, this is a global pandemic. No one should be denying that. And no one should be trying to go outside. However, there are other pandemics like poverty and homelessness and, you know, and mental health. You know, that's one of my major, that's what I do for a living and what right. I, I care most passionately about. Suicide is epidemic. Also, depression is epidemic. Depression is the leading cause of disability in Canada and it costs us, our economy billions of dollars every year. Okay, so like some of the things that are issues now because of this have all of them really have already been issues. We already have issues about sick time and sick leave and what can can or can't happen when we can't work and what to do with our children and education. And and we'll see that the areas where the virus strikes the most Mm -hmm. are are pointing out the inequities in society, the injustices and the poverty. Homeless shelters are not viable. Long-term care facilities for our elderly are not viable. You know, our daycares. So maybe we need to look at how we're taking care of our most vulnerable uh, citizens in this situation because it is not an accident that they are dying at higher rates. It's because of an inequality that while the news is always negative all the time, the news has not been talking about homeless shelters and housing, mm. right? So anyway, I'm bringing it now back to doom and gloom, which <laughs> is not my preference. But I, I just I would like to use this opportunity to help people to see that life is constantly full of horror and sadness and tragedy, and beauty and love and hope. And, and maybe this is going to show us a little bit more of that, so that when this is over, maybe we can respond to some of the other crises we have been ignoring in the same ways, of people redistributing effort and, and energy and, and wealth to to save lives. Because it doesn't stop here. When, once we get this virus sorted out, you know, we'll have no. A hopefully,
0: it, hopefully, it does result in a, in a significant cultural shift.
1: It has um, to. I mean, and it is. And yeah. I have to say, you cannot catch this virus, people, through your eyeballs, because when I take walks, and I'm like six or eight feet apart from people, and they won't look me in the eye <laughs> when I'm trying to smile at them. You know how I am when I'm trying to smile at someone, John, right? Oh, yeah. Like come on it kills me I can't I can't do high fives it sucks but like look me in the eye you know so I just think that's so funny there's two kinds of people out there right now it's the ones who are like yay we're having our walk of the day and so are you hello and then there's the people who just like they look at the ground like you are the virus and if they even you know it's really interesting it's all psychology I guess how people respond so like don't be afraid of one another other people are not the enemy it's a virus so treat people kindly, you know, treat yeah. each other with human kindness. That's the way through this. Not fear and we have to be separate, but not really. We're not really separate.
0: Now CrossFitters are a bit of a different breed uh,
1: <laughs> yes.
0: from the public. I mean they're I mean they're still just everyday people, clearly. I mean, you know, we're we're not all Matt Frazier and Tia Claire Toomey. Um, you know, in, in fact, the vast majority of people are so far away from that, it's silly, but, but we get painted with the same brush. Um, you know, we're all crazy. We all, you know, die for an extra rep and that's not the case, but we do have, uh, a slightly different mindset. Obviously the importance of our physical fitness, um, in our, in our overall pie chart of things that we care about is a bigger slice of the pie. Um, because of that, you know, with, with, uh, gyms having to shut down and so our gathering place to, um, to do this sort of thing, which was not just a place to get fit, but, uh, in the, in the physical sense, but for a lot of people, it was, it was their community. It was their social family outside of their home. Um, you know, how, how, how is being shut indoors going to affect that kind of crowd that is so closely tied that, you know, for, for a lot of CrossFitters, myself included CrossFit is kind of now an integrated part of their identity. So you take away my ability to go to the gym. How big a gap is that going to create in my mental status? And, and what do I fill it back up with?
1: Well, you have a big gap and you got to fill it back up. Well, there you just answered your own question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so empty now. Um, Yeah. It's such a part of one's life. And yeah, people who haven't participated at that level can't really probably understand um, the shift that, that it takes to, to not go to the box every day. Um, And yet CrossFitters hopefully would be more socially resilient because they have that. you know many people are isolating at home who aren't members of any community other than their workplace, which True. may or may not feel like a community and so there is there is a real uh, social capacity amongst crossfitters that you can capitalize on here and and that's what really came through for me when I was invited to do that reconnect challenge um Mm -hmm. was was like hey yeah like i'm here alone but like all these other people are still doing these things together even though they're not together and so it it isn't the same um but don't discount it you know there i think that from what i can see a lot of crossfit gyms are doing really good things and innovative things to stay connected amongst each other uh while this is ongoing and so I think there'll be a real sweetness when you're allowed to return to the box and have that in person wad. It's it's gonna be a really exciting happy day and a whole lot of PRs and bells and whistles. But yeah. for now, you still have each other. You know, you know who your people are and and um it's it's different to not get together in person, but I see the the uh that kind of Community camaraderie is working for CrossFitters during this time.
0: Yeah, being closed doesn't really mean being closed um, in the strictest sense, and I think part of that has to do with the technology that we have at our disposal to help maintain that connectedness, even when we're in our own homes. That's certainly playing a part. It's one of the one of the the, the real direct uh, goods that I can see coming out of. Technology and social media, in particular, that has been lacking for, from my perspective, for a while. Um, now that we have this, this, uh, these tools available for interconnectedness, we, we don't wind up losing the social connectedness that we have with the members of our gym the same way that we would if this stuff didn't exist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, short of uh, getting on a party line on our phone and going, you know, nineteen eighties <laughs> style to get everybody you? connected. <laughs> Uh, You know, now it's certainly easier, you know, you have uh, a lot of the gyms are doing virtual workouts, um, whether they post a workout and everybody does it on their own, or they're using zoom conferencing or other technology to get everybody together, not just for workouts, but you know, in some cases, they're getting together and just chatting for an hour just to maintain their sanity Mm -hmm. and, and stay connected with their people. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of things that are happening there that, um, you know, we're in the envious position of having the technology to make it possible um, to do these sorts of things. And I think a lot of gyms are getting pretty creative about how they maintain those connections with their members because they, they realize that, you know, these people wouldn't be connected to each other without this, this uh, gravity that is created by the gym community that, that established these connections to begin with. Um, and Excellent. so I think I think the the gyms are recognizing that, recognizing their role, and and even when they're closed, they're not allowing those relationships to just manage themselves. I think most yeah. gyms are are actively trying to promote these connections amongst their members because the reality is they want all those members to be able to come back and and celebrate um, being able to come back when all this is over, whenever that happens to be, mm-hmm. and everybody's in a similarly difficult position of not knowing when that's going to be and having different circumstances, whether they're able to work, whether they're not, whether right. they've got family at home with them or not, whether they have to look after loved ones in another home. There's a lot of different challenges that everybody's navigating at the same time.
1: Yeah. So it gives, you know, there's a lot of strength and, and there's some weaknesses or vulnerabilities there as well, because the people who are CrossFitters they're not um you know they aren't your average group they're they're self-selected population um right they they may need you know what crossfit gives more right they they need what they get from crossfit more than somebody who doesn't crossfit does or they wouldn't have ended up there and so it, it may be harder to go without for some of those people there may be vulnerabilities like so when i i said when i joined I was at a crossroads in my life, and I really needed to be there every day. I, I, mm-hmm. It was essential for me, and I don't need that anymore. But I know right. some of the people who are who are in CrossFit are there because there are other areas of their lives that are experiencing gaps or um, <clears throat> stresses or. You know um, things that they're not satisfied with. That CrossFit can be filling, so it's not just the loss of of CrossFit and and the, those group workouts right now that that many of the people in your audience will uh, be feeling. It's also that they may be more acutely feeling the things that drove them to CrossFit, the things that they were compensating for or getting away from now that won't be for everybody but I, I do think it's a it's fair to say it's a common enough story from my own conversations I've had with people who are coming into CrossFit we often come in at a time where there are other things in our life that we're not really satisfied with and so there's that vulnerability there that that you're not just missing that you're having to face the other things um, but then there is the strength in you know you have become part of this group and all those things we've already said about that, you know, you have that ability to connect with this group and they're not going to kind of let you go through this. Um, But it's okay to feel upset or angry or frustrated that it's not the same. It is not the same as showing up and doing your wad. No matter how connected we are, it's not the same. None of our social connectedness through all the technology is the same as being in the room with the person, looking them in the eye and being able to touch them. That is unique. Um, and, and I guess that's something I also worry yeah. a little bit with this. It is, it is a gift and an opportunity that we have these technologies and we can stay socially connected and connections of that kind matter. I also very strongly believe that there is a difference between that and personal one-on-one oh, yeah. in the same room or group in the same room connection. It's not a and replacement
0: for, I think for, I think for now, it's the only way that we can maintain those connections. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly no substitute for, I mean, any of the it gyms isn't. that I've seen express concerns. Um, I've seen the odd post anyway on, on social media saying, you know, are, are people really going to come back? Yes. They're, <laughs> they're going to come back. They needed <laughs> yes. you for a reason.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, it's not just
0: your gear, it's not your physical space. It's it's that unique, um, indescribable combination of the interpersonal connectedness that that the people have within that environment that makes a CrossFit gym unique. That's why these individuals didn't already go to a good life or a fit Mm -hmm. for less or something like that, where they they're basically just paying to get access to gear. That's Um,
1: right.
0: You know, that that's not what a CrossFit Gym does.
1: Yeah, um, and yeah. as someone who's been to a few gyms over the last couple of years, each mm-hmm. community has its own culture. Oh, like, yeah. It, like, each each CrossFit community is different. And and I think people end up, again, where, where they're meant to end up with the people they're meant to end up with. And that won't change after this. I mean, finances are going to be a huge issue for everyone. We can't ignore yeah. those factors. But people who... Who are committed CrossFitters? I will will continue to be as much as they can, um, and it also I would say, look, we just have to allow ourselves to do other things in this time too. Like as much as you identify as a, as a CrossFitter and you want to continue those those social connections via technology and keep up your workouts, there's also a real opportunity here to. Retreat a little bit that that we've been talking everyone everywhere has been talking about staying connected. And and I do believe that's important. And I also know, um, especially with my own personal experience over the last few years that there's, there is a real need also for people to disconnect And to connect with themselves. So you don't have to only identify as a member of a group that maybe you actually don't want to be part of all of the many opportunities to stay connected right now. Maybe you want to use this time to just kind of go into yourself and be more meditative and self-reflect and um, learn some stillness instead of activity. CrossFit's great at that really intense activity, but many of us never get a chance to be still right and and i think that i know that that we need both and there's room for both but this could be a time for some people where they're feeling that pressure to stay connected and they actually just want to hole up in their house and kind of hibernate that's okay too let yourself do that and and i want people to just be gentle with themselves that's a trait i've noticed um that is lacking in crossfit sometimes is self-compassion that mm-hmm. you know it's an intensive competitive pursuit and i love that about it you know it, i i don't want to suck at crossfit everyone wants yeah. to do well it's hard when you you uh can't rx but like don't try to rx quarantine scale man <laughs> scale. <laughs> scale. we're all gonna do better if if we we um, it's more functional right like we right, right now we are in this constantly varied intensive situation and if we're gonna be functional then we need to know our strengths and weaknesses and be adaptive. And so sometimes that's doing less. You know, many of us don't give ourselves enough time for rest and recovery, uh, especially as we get older. This is box jumper over 40, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We need rest and recovery. And and that's what I've really learned to give myself a lot in the last few years and to be kind and and gentle. We don't want to get stuck, right? We don't want to... We don't want to be disconnected and sedentary and get locked into depression and despair and stuck and never come out. I think this is a huge fear for people, but people need to know that there is a time for solitude and stillness and self-reflection and you can go into yourself and disconnect from the world around you it's still going to be we hope we really think it's still going to be there when you come out of that and so you can choose you don't have to stay connected all the time it might be a time for you to cultivate some other skills of mindfulness and and meditation and um nature is something that i didn't get from crossfit i I like i still love crossfit and would never say anything bad about it but one of the things I noticed that I am able to do more is be part of nature and and do outdoor recreational activity where I'm really part of nature and so there's something for for people who spend a lot of time in the box to do now is is to explore their environments and connect to themselves above all else, you know, you can keep connected to the people you love if you want to, but you can also take this time, connect to yourself, connect to nature. Those are things that CrossFitters don't do as much, I think, because they're, they're, uh, they're just focused on the intensity and pushing all the time. So maybe it's not a time to uh, really try to PR. Well, in fact, we're all PRing because nobody's ever done this before, so we're we're all gonna have our personal best at COVID nineteen right now. But scale, man, it's a chipper. It's yep. it's, it's not an AMRAP. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, we know we're in this for the long haul. So uh, let's. I don't let's think not... some
1: people do. I mean, we need to know well, that we're yeah. we we do need to know we're in this for the the long haul, and I think that some people haven't I think it's starting to become apparent now but I I think early on people were just going full out because they they really thought okay we'll just do this for a week and it'll be over and it it is becoming clear now that that it is a longer term uh, process and so pacing is so important pacing is huge and managing your your energy resources know your strengths and weaknesses so you can play within them um, you don't want to get injured, and psychologically, it's the same thing. It, I've always been struck by the um, parallels between CrossFit and, and what I do with acceptance and commitment therapy. It, it's, it's very similar, there's a lot of parallels. Like you, you, um, yeah, you're going to do better if you're more aware and you can pace yourself and work within your right. own unique strengths and weaknesses because we don't we do not do our best on all the same workouts right some people are going to do better on body weight stuff some people are going to do better at the heavy weight lifting stuff yeah you know so know your strengths strengths and don't lift too heavy if it's beyond your ability just Scale yep. for yourself. It is the same thing in terms of taking care of our health and wellness in all ways. It's just yeah. learn what you need in each moment and give it to yourself and ask for help. We're all in it together. Ask for help if you need help. There's no weakness here. There's, there's you know, there's no failure. It's just not even a possibility. Just... <laughs> Trust yourself and give yourself what you need and give to others.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. Dr. Susie McAfee says, Scale and scale <laughs> appropriately during the COVID 19 pandemic. Couldn't agree more. Um, Dr. McAfee, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the podcast. I, I hope to have you back at some point. Um, you know, as as this thing goes on, there may be other opportunities for, for us to chat, not necessarily about psychology, but hey, I'd, I'd love to hear more about your, uh, your pursuits in uh, becoming a surfer because um, we awesome. didn't dive into that today yeah. as well. <laughs> so great. maybe we'll do a surfing, uh, surfing episode sometime in the near future.
1: That would be great. Thanks so much, John.
0: Awesome. Thanks. That's our time. All that's left for this episode is the M Wrap-Up. Susie has an interesting perspective on the mindfulness-oriented approach that we can all potentially use to help calm the storm waters of our mind as we go through this time of uncertainty. Finding your particular focus, finding the path forward that most suits your particular circumstances, it's really up to each individual. But the central challenge remains. COVID-19 is our reality for the next while, and a degree of acceptance is critical to our ability to figure out what comes next. I hope with this in mind, I'll do a better job of managing everyday things. In my case, starting with sleep. If you like this episode, please consider writing a review on iTunes or on PodChaser. Um, and I'd love it if you uh, uh, would send me a, a quick email and let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you might, what your experience is with uh, with CrossFit. Maybe ask a question or even give me a topic suggestion for the next little while. Um, I hope that um, since my since I'm clearly at home a little bit more often now, I'll have a little bit more time to dedicate to the podcast and bring uh, some more interesting guests your way real soon. If you want to automatically get the next episode, um, which should be uh, not too far off, uh, make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also visit my website, boxjumper.ca, to sign up for my mailing list. Uh, I'm working on some more exclusive content for members of the email list, so be sure to add your email to the list soon. More fitness talk is coming on the Box Jumper Podcast. Until then, stay healthy, wad happy, and wad often.